Blessed are those who keep my ways. Hear instruction and be wise and do not neglect it. Blessed is the one who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting beside my doors. For whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. But he who fails to find me injures himself. All who hate me love death. And as you know, as we've walked through the Proverbs, one of the things that I've said repeatedly that I love about the Proverbs is that it gives us the blessings of following her. And Proverbs refers to wisdom as her. It, 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 it gives us the blessings of, of obeying and following her. But like anything and anyone good, like God, it also gives us the flip side. See, <clears throat> it is not good for a person only to give you the blessings and the benefits of something that they are presenting. If a person is to do everything complete justice, they should be giving you the other side. I know, you know, it's, it's, it's why we see on the TV commercials when they talk about the, 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 the highlights of this drug that they're wanting you to ask your doctor about, they also have to give the side effects. And sometimes you're sitting there going, ah, well, I don't know if I want to take this medicine because the side effects seem just as bad as what it'll help me. But, but they give you both. And the reason being is that they have to. I know by law, they need to state that. But they're giving you both sides of the equation. In the case with the Proverbs, it is giving you the blessing of following the Lord in wisdom. It is giving you all that you will obtain, what it will do for your life, how it's helping you. But God being a good father, a just father and a good God, he's going to give it the other side. If you don't listen, this is what's going to happen. If you don't follow, here's what, will, here's what your life will look like. If you choose not to walk in those ways, here's what you can expect. And come on, y'all, now you know many of our parents did that. They gave us the blessing of following because it was life was just every day. But y'all know they gave us the blessings of choosing not to listen. Y'all know they said, yeah, you can go ahead and do that. You go ahead and tempt me. You can try me if you want. Here's what's going to happen to you. You're going to get your little, and then you're going to, and you know what? We adhered to those warnings. Many times we thought more about the warnings than we did the blessings. Because those warnings were like, well, I didn't want none of that. You know, I, and, you know and, 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 and I didn't want any of that. See, my father had it such, I probably got, let me see, I can probably count on one hand the number of times. I got a spanking, and I did say spanking. I got a spanking from my father. I don't even think it got up to five. Um, actually, after the first one, the other few were because I didn't know he was around or that he would find out. <laughs> See, the issue was that warning was real. And, and, and after the first time of dealing with it, I understood what was required. And so understand that as you were listening to this, I love what the Lord does. He gives it to you as an option. And it is up to you to put it into practice. So we are called and are commanded to heed and to follow wisdom with a compelling reminder that I'm going to give you of the blessings for obedience and the warnings for rejection. So I asked the question at first, why is wisdom to be sought and obeyed? 
And I'm going to walk a little bit through the other parts of chapter 8, because chapter 8 is kind of wisdom's autobiography, if you want to put it that way. Wisdom becomes personified in this, in this chapter like none other. And we begin to hear all about who she is, you know, and, and how the Lord brought her into being, you know, when he began to do things. It was what, I mean, how he acted, how he, I mean, how he created, how he behaved and moved was now going to be labeled wisdom. And so as you read through chapter 8, and I encourage you to read through it again and again, you begin to see how the Lord brought wisdom into being just by who he is. So in essence, you know, God isn't just wisdom, but wisdom, yes, is, is, is resting in God. And so in the beginning, why is wisdom to be sought and obeyed? Here's one, verse 14. She says, I have counsel." And sound wisdom, I have insight, I have strength. In her resides good counsel, because that's assumed, good insight, and strength. See, why do I follow? These are things that we seek in life. When we go through, we like good counsel. We like good advice. Sometimes, I know we think we got it all together. I know we think that we know enough that we could do it well ourselves, but there is nothing like good counsel. There's nothing like good advice, especially when you're entering into a new phase, a new place, um, a new area, a new career field. Everyone likes good counsel. When there are people that are there before, you like people that are, that'll help you to learn the ropes. I remember when we first moved to Switzerland and, and, and I went shopping for the first time. And I think I shared this, guys, with you a long time ago. We were standing in the store, and I actually went um, because we left here right before Christmas. And so we were looking at having Christmas dinner. So my role, my wife sent me down to the store that was in our area. And I had known then that Switzerland pretty much, you know, um, uh, well, the U.S. is starting to catch up with that. But at the time when we moved, you could take our prices here and multiply it by three. And that would be the prices there. And so, but we didn't know that. And so we get there. I, 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 I should have been clued in on it because after we first got there, we tried to get pizzas for the kids because it was our, I think, our first night after we landed. And I went and we got pizzas and I ordered three. And when it, when it came back, you know, and I'm looking at the price, I was like, why did we just pay about $65, $68? Now, this is back in 2008 about $65, $70 for three pieces. I was like, what did I do? And so I, I, that should have been my warning, but it wasn't. And so we went and I went down and I was looking for some chicken and you know, couldn't find the whole chickens. And I was looking at the chicken breasts and all I saw was three chicken breasts for 11 bucks. That is, again, this is back in 2008. And I call her on the phone. I said, we going to go broke. We in trouble. I'm like, if two or three breasts are 11 bucks and we got five people, I was like, we got an issue. And so then we began to look in all the stores. But then I got good counsel and good advice. There was a family that had moved there who, who, who had become 
over the years with us really good friends. They had moved there six months before, the family from California. And the husband was like that, and, and he, was, he was the one that was at home. And, and he said to me, let me show you where to shop. He said, I found a place. And I was like, brother, I'm all ears. And he took me across the border, just about 15 minutes across the border into Germany. And when we pulled up at this shopping center, I thought I had hit the jackpot. You know, any of you had ever gone to a place here? Um, um, I'm thinking of Market District over there in, in, in Carmel or, or one of the other stores where it's just spread out. And I walked up and I thought, and I looked at the prices and they were more in line with ours here. And I turned to him, I said, brother, you my new friend. I was like, man, and that's where that and some other place I found was where we shopped. And then to add it off, they, they had a cafe up front. So if you wanted to have some coffee and something to eat before or afterwards, you could do it there in the big glass front. I thought we good advice, good counsel. And you know what? That is what wisdom does for you and I. When we are in different areas of life and we want to... we. We want to get in and, and, and not be used and abused and, and, and not pay more than we should have in life. And I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about with, with, with what you're doing when, when we don't want to waste our time, when, when we're trying to do things right and I want the right counsel. Where are you turning? Who are you going to? Wisdom says, I've got it. I've got insight. The next one, why does why is wisdom sought after? The next two verses, verse 15 and 16, should help you out. Rulers who were just and filled with integrity used me to be labeled that. People that are wise. People that are filled with wisdom. People that are, people that are doing things the way that God wants them, they're using wisdom to do it. I like what the verse says. I have, it says, by me kings reign and rulers decree what is just. By me princes rule and nobles, all who govern justly. It says, you want to be a great leader? Use biblical wisdom. You want to be seen as someone who is just and filled with integrity? Use great wisdom. It's there in the scripture just waiting for you. Another reason why, go on down for those that want to look at that. It says, verse 18, riches and honor are with me, enduring wealth and righteousness. Now, here's what it's not promising. Everyone that has wisdom is going to be rich. She said it's with her. She didn't say she was giving it all out to everyone. And so what's stated here is you want true wealth and honor along with it? Biblical wisdom is waiting for you. You want to know how you build a strong legacy financially? Use sound wisdom. It's there with it. It's, it's, it's waiting for you. You want to know how to build a life that you won't regret at the end? Sound wisdom is there waiting for you. Verse 21, another reason is righteous living and justice. You want to live rightly? And you want to live a life of justice, a life of where you do things right and you treat people right and you do things well. Verse 21, I'm sorry, verse 20, excuse me. It says, I walk in the way of righteousness 
in the path of justice, granting an inheritance to those who love me and filling their treasuries. Do you see this picture of a well-watered and well-satisfied life? One that there's no regrets that they're living unjustly, that they're treating people unfairly. You can look right now at every situation where people are, are mistreating and abusing and are being unjust, and you will find, you can see it almost specifically how they're walking out of step with the Word of God. You can see for all those who are seeking for and are looking for justice and, and, are, and are trying to find what's right, you will find it in the Word. You don't need to follow somebody that may or may not be with Christ. You don't need to follow a philosophy that's outside of the Word of God. You know what? The Bible has an answer for the justice issue that we have in this world. The Bible has an answer for the unrighteousness issue we have in the world. The Bible has an answer for all of the sins that we see being committed. The Bible tells us how to live to avoid that and to overcome it. The problem is many of us don't believe it. We only think the Lord is there for what we call spiritual matters, whatever that is in our mind. But the Bible doesn't apply to us for real life. And we are so mistaken because God tells us, I will tell you how to walk justly. I will tell you how to rule with integrity. I will tell you how to gain wealth with honor. But for many of us, why don't our lives look like that? It is because we either don't know or we don't believe. And then lastly, why is wisdom be sought to be sought and obeyed? I'm going to let you read through. I mean, you read through verses 20 through through 31 later. I'm going to highlight some of them. But it is to be sought and obeyed because it is the very thing that God displayed when he created what you are on and are looking at right now. And that is this planet. What the writer of Proverbs said is, let me give you a really compelling reason why you should be following the wisdom of God. Why you shouldn't think how how you assess things, what you've concluded on things isn't the final answer. He says, let me give you a really good reason. And starts at verse 22. Wisdom says, the Lord, now the ESV says possessed, and it's probably not the best translation of that word in our, in how we understand the word possessed, because it sounds like the Lord needed her outside of himself to create the world. What that word really means is the Lord brought me into being or fathered me or began me. In other words, the way that God was working in creation is what would later be called wisdom. The way that he put the stars together, the way that he laid things out, his, his, his efficiency and his effectiveness in creating this environment that he then takes his pinnacle of creation, uh, mankind, and places them in it. The way that he went through all of this, if we were to put a tag and a label on it, it would be called wisdom. So that's what is meant when it says, verse 22, 
The Lord possessed me at the beginning of his work, the first of his acts of old. Ages ago, I was set up at the first before the beginning of the earth. See, when you think you're smarter than God, I think you need to come here and remind yourself uh, the wisdom that he is making available to you is the wisdom that he used to create not only you, but all of that you are living in and under. And so the environment that you're in and the environment that you're seeing some success in, the environment that you think you're all that in, God made it using his wisdom. But I think mine is better, God. I think what I'm doing is much better than what you're doing. I think I have a better handle on life, God, than you do. God created your life, gave you your breath, and made the environment that you're standing in, but you think you're smarter. Wow. See, the issue is he's saying for you and I, the wisdom that I am making available is no different than than, than what I did and how I displayed it when I created everything around you. Let's keep going. He says, before the mountains had been shaped, before the hills, I was brought forth. Before he had made the earth with its fields or the first of the dust of the earth. And this is funny. when He says the first of the dust of the earth, because remember, we were created from the dust. And so he says, even before the dust that I made you from, was there. He says wisdom was there because wisdom is the one that created the dust that would create the humans from the dust. And he says, when he established the heavens, I was there. When he threw, when he drew a circle on the face of the deep, you know what that's a reference to. Just in case you don't, the earth is not flat. The earth is round. And so he says, whenever, whenever he decided I was going to make this this ball-shaped sphere in the deep, and the deep is in the deepness of space, because that's all it was. Wisdom said he was using, he was, he, what he did to create that, to think of that, to want that, is what would later be labeled wisdom. And in case you're still not convinced, I love it. Compelling story. When he assigned to the sea its limits, See, the reason that the Atlantic and the Pacific don't meet in the Midwest? The reason they don't meet here is because God set limits on it. Wisdom. When he made firm the skies above, when he established the fountains of the deep, when he assigned to the sea its limits so that the waters might not transgress his command, when he marked out the foundations of the earth, then I was beside him like a master workman. I was, and I was daily his delight, rejoicing before him always, rejoicing in his inhabited world. Now we on the scene. And delighting in the children of man and all them that would come after that first creation. He gives you this picture and says, now, why wouldn't you want me? I'm reading that and I'm like, God, why wouldn't I? And then I understand the presence of sin because sin says, I'm still not impressed. Sin says, what else you got? Oh, come on. You can create the world, but you can't handle my career. You can do all that that you just explained in Proverbs, but 
you don't know my situation, God. You don't know who I'm living with. You don't know who I'm dealing with. I'm trying to get an education. I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get a promotion on the ball that you shaped in the world that you created and the dust that you made that created me. And I'm just trying to get ahead. And the Lord is like, do you understand what you're saying? He goes, the wisdom, what I displayed, and please just remember this, what God displayed in creating however um, um, marred it's now been by sin, but whatever he created, how he did that, he is actually making available to you and me insight. Oh, not that we're going to create a new world. No, but he just gives us the wisdom to operate in it. He gives us the wisdom how to deal and love with one another. He, he, he gives us the wisdom on, on how we deal with sin in this world. And I go, oh, Lord, that we would realize that you are actually smarter than us. That what we have, he has given us the skill. He has given us the wisdom. And so then we get to the last two points in this. Why is wisdom to be sought and obeyed? Hopefully you have a compelling reason now. If you haven't had it from all the things that we've walked through in the book of Proverbs. But the next point is, what is the blessing for obedience? The blessing is, he says, you will be blessed in the biblical sense. See, that word has been so misused and so overused that we don't really know what it means. We say, I'm blessed and highly favored. And, 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 and I think that's a, that's a wishful word for some of us. We hope we are. We want to feel like it. But that word literally means happy. It does. And, and, and in some other context, to be envied. In other words, you are so happy that others are envying you. It says blessed. 32. And now, sons, listen to me. Blessed are those who keep my ways. You want to be happy? We all are seeking a happy life. We are. I want to be happy. And we say happiness is, and we fill in the blanks with all the things that we can fill it with. And it's not saying that those things are not good, nor do they bring some level of happiness, because they do. Having your bills paid brings a good level of happiness. Living in a home that, 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 that you're comfortable in and, and can have people over and friends, and, and yes, we want that. Living in areas that we enjoy a quality of life and in the country, yes, that's a level of happiness. But God says, true happiness which will help you enjoy all those other things is when you are walking in my ways. As he says, blessed, blessed are those. Happy are those who listen to me. Verse 34, it says, blessed, the, blessed is the one who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting beside my doors. Do you see the... the the treasured nature of it. That person is always seeking the wise counsel of the Lord from where it is being dispensed. That's why he says, at my gates. They're waiting for you to open the gates 
and, and, and let us in on your counsel. What are the gates for us? The gates for us are there at any given time. You open the word of God. You are entering the gates of wisdom. He said, they are waiting at my doors. You don't have to come here and wait at the church door to get wisdom. God didn't make it that difficult. He made it as easy as your Bible, your device, wherever you can get to the word. And if you can't get to the word, hopefully you've remembered it, that, 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 that thing between your ears that, that he actually created in wisdom, giving you the ability to remember things, you bring it back to your remembrance, what the word of God says. What is, what is the gate? It is the entrance into who God is. How many of you are waiting daily and entering into the gate of wisdom by getting into God's word. How many of you are reading it more than just as a checklist or more than just your daily bread that you I read it and I really don't pay much attention to it. I go about my day and my business, but I read it. How many of you are committing it to memory so that as you go through life, it comes up, it comes back. It reminds you of either, yeah, you're on the right course. Keep that up doing it or watch yourself. Mm, you might need to move out of that. Do something different. And then it says also, verse 35, for whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. See, we like to talk about being blessed and highly favored. But for some of us, that's just talk. Because our lives are not matching the wisdom of the word of God, and yet we're calling ourselves blessed and highly favored. And I'm thinking, I'm wondering if that is true. It might be wishful thinking. But for some of us, it just may be a statement. Are you really blessed and highly favored? See, it says here that when you listen to her, to wisdom, it says you will find life. I love that. Jesus says later, if you want life, you'll find it by giving up your life, meaning your way of doing things, to him and under him. Jesus says, whoever will lose their life for my sake will find it. But he says, but whoever is, in essence, trying to find their life outside of me, you will actually end up losing life. You will lose in this world and in this life, and you will lose eternally in the life to come. And he sets that apart. He says, you want life? It's not found in you finding it your way. He says, you want life? He says, I've already written it out. I've already spelled it out. I've already showed you what to do. I've already showed you how to do it. Oh, I'm not talking about your career. He just talks about when you get into that, he shows you how to be a man or a woman of integrity. He shows you how to be someone who gains riches honorably. He shows you how to deal with other people justly and with righteousness. Oh, the world may not think you're wise. They may call you dumb. They may think you're out of your mind. But if the Lord is saying that I'm approving of your way, oh, you said. Regardless of what happens to you, regardless of if financially you're on top or on the bottom or somewhere in the middle, regardless of if you attain the notoriety of some of the folk that aren't living for God and are walking apart from him, 
regardless of whether everyone is shouting your name and, and, and saying how great you are or saying those people are crazy for following Jesus. See, the issue becomes, he says, whoever, whoever finds me and understand find doesn't mean you stumble upon her. You come across it somehow. This find is meaning through searching, through waiting at the gate daily, through waiting at the door by being intentional of wanting God and what he has to offer. He says, you'll find life and you'll find favor. But like a good God at the end, what is the warning for rejection? And this is for us. This is the warning. But he who fails to find me, I like how they put it. They say, find me and fail to find me. Well, God, I didn't find you. I didn't find your wisdom. You ever send a child to look for something? You already know. And they come back about five seconds later, I didn't find it. And you go, because you didn't look or you didn't look. Hard enough. There you go. Right. And so what he says there is whoever finds me. In other words, you do all that is necessary to uncover the vast wealth and riches of God's wisdom. You'll find life and you'll have favor with the Lord. He says, but those of you who fail to find me. You really weren't trying to find me. You were just given a cursory look. You didn't turn nothing open. You didn't open your Bible. You didn't go on your device anywhere. You hardly showed up to church. He said, you really didn't do anything with the people of God, but you said, God, I didn't find you. God says, those who fail to find me, look at the word choice. The ESV, I love how the English Standard Version puts it. It says, injures himself. He says, you get injured, and it is no one else's fault but yours. He sets it out. He says, you injure yourself. These are self-inflicted wounds. You go through life injured, and you're wondering why you're injured, and God says, because you have not found wisdom, because you're not looking. It's not critical. It's not important. And if that wasn't sad enough, all who hate me. Now, it goes from fails to find. That's a person who's not looking hard enough. That's a person who it's not diligent. It's, it's not critical for them to the person who despises God's wisdom. To the person who says, I got it. I can do it better. He says to the person who hates me. I love the play on words, the opposite. The person who hates me loves death. But you are playing with death. You are embracing it. What kind of death? All kinds. You hate my wisdom when it comes to your relationships. You love those relationships being killed. You love that marriage coming to an end because you chose your wisdom over mine. You love that relationship with your friends or or with your children or your loved ones being, being frayed. Why? Because you refused to follow wisdom or they refused and thus is frayed even though you may be reaching out. 
You may hate <laughs> integrity in your life. You, you, you hate God's wisdom, so you love the death of your integrity. You love the death of wealth with honor. Because you, now you're labeled dishonorable. You are not to be trusted. You are someone that is looked at with scorn because your life does not mirror the Lord's. Do you see the picture and the warning that he's given? If you love life, God says, you will seek after me. You will find me and it will be clear that you are walking in wisdom. But if you fail to find me or you hate me, it will be clear that you didn't want me. And as a matter of fact, he says, you love death. And I don't know anyone here today that would say, I love death, man. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I want to see my career killed. I want to see my education put to death. I want to see my relationships destroyed. I want to see my financial position put to death. No one says that who's in their right mind. But God says that's what you're playing with when you refuse to follow me. God has given it freely. It is out of his mercy that is even granted to us. We didn't deserve it. It's not because you did so well at this point in your life that God decided to give you. No, it is because in his mercy and his grace, he opens the door for all of it. And then help you out. He gives you the strength to follow and obey because sin doesn't want to follow God. As a matter of fact, for those of you who are walking in Christ and you think you're all that one day, I just decided I was going to follow the Lord. Tell me the next time you're around a person who is deceased in a corpse, if they will make a decision to follow anyone. Dead folks don't make plans for tomorrow. They can't. There's no life. So your very life in Christ is because he touched you enough and brought your little dead self enough life that you can make a choice for him. And then you said, yes, well, of course you did, because he brought you to life. And then when he brought you to life, then he said, now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put some more grace on you in that I'm now going to allow you to get to know me. I'm going to pull back the curtain of who I am so you can get to know me. You didn't, you didn't come to know the Lord because you just sought so hard and God had no choice but to open it up to you. Yes, he did. He could have just said, you can stand at that door all you want. You'll never know me. But what he did instead is he opened it up and said, here I am. Here's who I am. And for some of us, we think we can play with that. I'll know the Lord later. I'll know the Lord later. I'll come later. And later comes and God's nowhere to be found. See, God is not at your beck and call. He is making himself available. We see in the scripture, today is the day of salvation. Today, if you hear his voice. I love it because it is the today, which means in the now, if you hear his voice, he's telling you, respond. Don't keep turning away. Why? Because he says wisdom is there right now. It's available. Take advantage of it. Let it change your life. I heard, heard in closing, I heard, I was listening to this podcast this week and this pastor was talking about years ago, one of the things that changed in his life, he said he had been, he had been doing ministry on empty. He had been running on empty. You know, he'd just been busy, 
young guy, success all over the place, church growing, everything happening. He said, but I was about done. You know, I had not been spending a whole lot of time with my family because I was on a run. He said I was doing it. And he said some things had started to fall in place. God had begun to show him some, some things, but he had talked about he had had he had difficulty in one of the relationships with one of the leaders at the church, and it said it just consumed him. He found himself angry and bitter when he thought about the person. He was mad, and he said this was starting to affect him. And he was on a he was on a plane, getting ready to speak at this big conference at this other part of the country. This was years ago, and he says it was just consuming me. And he says the Lord the Lord spoke to me there. He said, Lord, he said. My mind is not right, and I'm getting ready to speak at this place. He said, I need you to help me. And he said, the Lord just brought back to my mind, you are still so unforgiving to this person here. He says, are you going to choose to let this go and to begin to allow me to heal that in your life? He said, I'm sitting on the plane, and that's what comes to my mind. And he said, I had this choice to make. And he says, he says, then and there on the plane, before we landed, he said, I confessed it to the Lord. I repented. I, I, he said, I he said, I gave it up. He said, I forgave the person in my heart. He said, I got off that plane 50 pounds lighter. He said, I got into that speaking engagement. And he said, I had preached and felt like I had never in years. And he talked about how he preached. And it was at that conference that after that, there were several people that were, that were, I mean, that were just so, not just impressed, but that were so blessed by his ministry. Um, and we're asking him about this church in New York. And I actually um, knew this pastor for part of his time when he was in New York in this church in this prominent area and had a strong ministry. I didn't know all that up until this time. He said that at that conference is when, and, and, and after it, these people started pursuing. And I ended up accepting that call. And then it ended up blossoming into this into this ministry that has allowed me to display the gifts that God has given me. God grew me. I matured. But then he made this comment that really got me. He said, I was thinking years after that, what if I never made that decision on that plane? He said, what would my life be like today? He said, would the Lord have called me to this other church? Would the fruitfulness in my ministry and my relationships be there? He said, it just reminded me at that point, what if I chose not to listen to the wooing and the calling of the Lord, calling me to get myself right? I, that floored me. I was like, whoa. What if what the Lord is calling on you to do today, what if you listen? What will your life be like 10, 20 years from now? And then do the reverse, because I know we always like to think about the positive. What if you choose not to listen? What if you choose to walk your way, thinking I'm going to get another chance at this? What if? What will your life be like later? Or I'm not trying to scare anybody. It is this wisdom and the sober reminder for us. Wisdom is there, calling and waiting available to all of us. If you listen, blessings, life, favor of the Lord. If you choose not to, he says, if, if you choose not to, he says, you love death. He says, and you injure yourself, or you injure yourself, and you love death. Choice is yours, 
choice is mine. How are we going to follow? Who are we going to listen to? How are we going to live? I call each of us. Go back through the Proverbs regularly and allow the Lord to speak to you. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much. Father, you are the one who has displayed all of who we need to be and how we need to live, Father. You are the one that does that, Lord. You are wisdom. Father, you are the one that fathered it. You are the one that brought it into being because it resides in you. And Father, you've made it available to us. And I pray today that we would not think we are smart enough and are smarter than you, Father, that we will go our own way. Lord, I know at times we don't want to wait on your timing. We don't, we don't like what you've allowed in our life. We don't like what has been allowed to happen to us. We think you should have come in and rescued and done something different. And so sometimes we're mad at you. Father, I pray that we would be awed by you, that we would be impressed beyond measure by you because of who you are and what you've done. Father, I know in my mind and in our minds, our timing is the timing that should be. But Father, you are wiser than us and your timing is right. Father, I pray that we would work within your timing. Lord, that even if we've been hurt by others, Lord, that we've been hurt by the, 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 the death of dreams or the unfulfilled desires, Father, that we would give them all to you. And we would just say, Father, you know more than me. You're wiser. You're smarter. You're purer. Father, you're more powerful. I pray, God, that we would listen. Lord, and that we would live in your wisdom and not ours. And by doing so, we would live and have favor. I pray today for those that don't know you, Father, that they would see you as great and mighty because you are, and that you are the answer for their life. Strengthen us as we leave here today, God, and allow us, Lord, allow us, oh God, to continue to, to wait at your gates and the way that your doors of where wisdom is being dispensed and that we would accept and embrace it regularly. So, Father, we thank you and we praise you in Christ's name. Amen. This morning, before we leave, I do want to give that opportunity. If you are here this morning and you have never trusted Christ as Savior, you have never asked him to forgive your sins because you realize you're a sinner and you have never... Um, had that opportunity to receive life in Christ, I pray that you do that this morning. It is as simple as realizing that you were born a sinner. It isn't any one thing that you did. It's who you are. All of us were like that. We were all born sinners. And Christ became and is and forever will be the only remedy for sin. God provided him that. And in that, when we confess our sins and we believe that Jesus is the answer, we become a, a part of his family. And I just pray today that you do that.
If you do, if you want to, you can see me after service, and I would love to talk with you. If today you've looked at this and God has shown you yourself in the mirror, and there are some ways in which he wants you to change, that should be every last one of us. God says, I've given you that opportunity because you've heard the word. Spend some time before the Lord today, this week, and let him go over those things that he shared with you. And he spoke to you and prayerfully walk through that and allow him to change your life. You'll love it. You'll be looking back on this time in your life talking about, I'm so glad I made that choice then. And instead of the regret. And then lastly, um, if you are walking in that and you know someone that's not, continue to pray for them. Don't badger them. Don't belittle them. Continue to pray for them. Continue to pray that they see the Lord's way. And then they see it in you because you are living the Lord's way. And you are one more example for them to say God's got it right. And so with that, this morning, I'm going to turn it back over to my sister who's going to close us out. But remember, again, that wisdom is there. Thank you all for coming. I'm so grateful to be able to see all of you. And as we move forward, allow the Lord to bless you. Amen. Come on, my sister. Did you all have a good time today? <laughs> Were you just encouraging the word? Find wisdom, use wisdom. What a great reminder. Again, thank you to all of our visitors for joining us on today. We hope that everyone has a great week. We started off this morning and said we're not going to let anything take our joy, anything take our peace. We're going to use God's wisdom. We're going to have a great week, aren't we? Amen. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. <laughs> everyone to my right. Oh, we're all going to exit out the rear. All right. So we, you know, let's just have a short prayer and then we are dismissed. We're all dismissing from the rear for our visitors. If you have a card in your hand where you can fill out the um, your information, there will be ushers in the back who will be willing and happy to take that from you. Also, if you have giving um, and you weren't able to do that online, there is a uh box just as you exit through this door here where you can insert your deposit so thank you have a great week and we love you all lord thank you for this day thank you for your word help us to seek wisdom this week help us to use your wisdom teach us how to rightly apply wisdom lord help us as we leave this place to never leave your presence just be with us and protect us and we love you in jesus name we pray amen